Yo, 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 yo. What's up, bro? What's up? What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Public Comments. What's good, Jordan? How you feeling, bro? What's goody? It's Friday, man. I'm feeling blessed, feeling abundant. It's been a good week, man. It's been a great week, man. It's been a very, very good week. It's been sunny all day out here. I mean, all week out here, actually. Wow. I didn't know I could do that in the Midwest. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> sometimes sometimes mother nature is just giving us a little sprinkle it's funny because we had the opposite we've had like cloudy days here like good three or four of them this week which is really unnormal so yeah yeah maybe maybe it just got sent over out this way man <laughs> yeah we can lend you guys some we have enough sunshine <laughs> yeah. no bro sun 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 makes a big difference in how you feel dude like when i, I i've noticed that whenever there's no sun mm, that motivation is like it drops a couple levels you ever notice that, that was that was honestly one of the primary reasons why i moved from the midwest like was that it's just dude it, it's, it's brutal like i understand seasonal depression people go months without seeing the sun and even biologically you know vitamin d is so key to mental health like they say get your sunlight but how are you supposed to get sunlight when you don't see the sun for a month? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a problem. Yeah, I remember how you like you get that one sunny day in like the middle of winter, and you're like, "Oh my god, it's so nice!" Out. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's I don't crazy. Miss it, man. I don't when, miss it. when there's when when there's snow outside, it makes it extra brighter because you know obviously it's white outside. But yeah, dude, it's been it's been gorgeous out here. Not like blazing hot yet, but I can't wait for it to get there if it ever does. I don't know. Oh, it's coming, man. We're Today's June 3rd. We got, what, three weeks until summer starts? June 21st? Is that when summer starts? Yeah, first day of summer, June 21st, or 22nd, whenever you go on it. And that's also the longest day of the year, too. Like, days are getting super long out here. Sun doesn't go down until, like, almost 9 o'clock now. Damn. Yeah. Damn. But I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I'm getting ready to do my first camping trip of the year, so. Where are you going? To that. I don't know, bro. We just usually just pick a spot out on the map we like look for a lake or something and just drive out there get the suv all loaded up you know don't matter if there's a road or not just send it <laughs> all right all right all right i just pick a spot i'll pick a i'll just you do one of these you know just like point finger and then boom right there essentially yeah you kind of like there's some limits to where you can go no 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 yeah i mean if you have a good enough vehicle you can get out pretty much anywhere you want so or you can even hike out there you know backpack take all your stuff but then you gotta haul it on your back so well that's how you go to the gym bro oh yeah oh yeah gym's been good lately how about how about you been in the gym readily dude yeah man i've been i've been i've been feeling good man the gym the gym has been like lately um there's just one quote that's that i heard somebody say that like the, the discipline becomes desire like i almost like i almost feel weird not going to the gym now mm-hmm. like you, feel, you almost feel like you're like getting weaker you know mm-hmm yeah. yeah dude i swear it's like you go three months straight to the gym and then you take a week off and you're just like Fuck. you feel like you lose it all but it's not really how it works but it feels like that for no, sure No, that's kind of how it works yeah dude you can lose three months of strength and not go to the gym in a week true true yeah yeah, yeah you can but yeah I've, I've learned too it's like with the gym you have to it takes years man it takes years i finally this this week i'm really proud of myself i hit my a goal i set out when i started working out i started working out probably when i was about 20 years old consistently i'm 27 now and i'm finally at that point where i can bench more than my body weight so nice yeah yeah nice. Really, really good this week i went for 195 i hit that shit three times i'm like 199 i'm like fuck it let's do 205 and then nice. I got one cleaner up on it. And I was like, oh, let's go. That was a good, good feeling. There, there it is, bro. It's personal mm-hmm. records feel good, man. 
is now you just got to keep climbing. You got to keep going. You can't stop. Never, never, never. That's, that's kind of like the, that's, it's like when you hit a a income goal now, and then you're just like, well, shit, I hit this much. Now I got to keep going. You know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of a blessing and and a curse at the same time, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is. Like, I'm aware of the fact that, yeah, when you, when you achieve something, you make that higher high, right? Usually there's going to be some sort of pullback, you know? Um, but just looking forward to that next higher high, you know, 225 double plates, baby. That's, 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 that's where I'm looking at now. That's where I got my eyes on now. 225 is tough. I've done it a couple of times, but I haven't in a while. I can't really, I, I like doing presses with uh, dumbbells versus the actual flat bench. I just mm-hmm. have bad wrists. So like, I feel like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. You ever tried the straps? Yeah, but I don't know. I have this like weird. Um, yeah, but <laughs> you know, like this. Uh, what is that movie called? Final Destination, where it's just like sh- fucking bar. My wrist is just gonna snap, and the bars just gonna come fucking. Yeah, I've never seen that. I mean, but I can imagine it. But I don't know. My personal trainer and my one of my best friends out here. He's I call him my personal trainer because he studied kinesis and he's he's a monster, bro. Um, Andrew, you know Andrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he he raves about the straps. I don't like them, but I never used them. He never tried them, but he raves about them. So I'm like, eh, maybe yeah, I should yeah. one day. They're like yeah. good, to, good, to, good to use, good to have. Because mm-hmm, it takes off that uh, he takes off that pressure on your wrist, you know, and it allows you to like kind of have a little bit of flex in your wrist during the movements, you know, so your wrist doesn't have to stay so stable because yeah. the straps are holding it together versus your wrist. You know, the straps are holding that strong. Uh, I see what you mean. I see. What you yeah. Mean. That makes sense. Yeah. What's good, bro? What's a what's a? I know when we first started doing this, man, you were giving us a um, weekly, like a weekly market um, analysis. But honestly, since we started this, where it's been like probably like two months now, not much mm-hmm. has changed. <laughs> no, no, not really. Well, we did take that one little dive. Um, we had the whole Terra Luna. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but I was actually pleasantly surprised to see how the market kind of held its ground it didn't really the floor came out from a lot of cryptos but bitcoin ethereum kind of held their ground um a lot of people are saying right now we're at the bottom i do not think so absolutely not obviously like we all know trading smart money haven't been in the markets for three four years now that those obvious setups the triple bottoms double bottoms gonna get clapped um but yeah we we, it was it was cool kind of to see the market take some lows see people start freaking out and i think now we're fully most people are fully confirmed that we're in a bear market versus i think the last time we talked about it people were still is it gonna go up is it not like they weren't 100 percent sold but yeah i'm in a point of bearish a bearish market a bearish mindset which means you know accumulation um consolidating researching now is like literally the best time ever like if you're listening to this podcast you don't you're not into crypto been sitting on the sidelines there's literally no better time to get involved in crypto than right now like for new people the last time we had last opportunity we had like this was like 2018 and i can see some more like bearishness i can see the market dropping even lower i really think bitcoin's gonna go towards 20k maybe even under 20k i see ethereum going towards 1400 maybe even under a thousand i think under a thousand there's some massive liquidity at like 1200 mm-hmm. there's that those equal lows there um but I don't, those moments though can, might not last, you know, when Bitcoin and Ethereum and crypto as a whole have made those giant drops in the past, usually they recover pretty quickly. So, you know, where I see it's just more of the same consolidations, holding at these levels, slow grinding out. I mean, they're tightening money, they're raising interest rates. That's not stopping. 
Um, but the, also on the positive note, we are seeing, depends on how you look at it, but I think it's positive for the space as a whole. We're seeing a lot more government regulation. Um, with the article you sent me today, you know, it's kind of bad. They clapped that dude from open sea. Yeah. So bogus. They just like I so bogus. I mean, he's he's it's his fault, man. Like that's like stealing money from people, you know? Like that's like kind of yes and no, but like okay, so for people who don't know, there's a guy named Nate. He was an open sea employee. He was in charge of like making the front page headlines and like they spotlight different projects on the front page. And obviously, if you spotlight a project on the front page, it brings a lot of attention. Most of the time they pump when they do that. And he was front running everyone basically buying these nfts before they were going on the spotlight page because he knew that was going to happen he only came out with like was it 18 eth something like that and this was back in june last year when eth was worth about 3k so he only made like 40 50 000 us dollars and right now he's facing like 20 to 40 years yeah. like for thirty thousand dollars, bruh not worth it <laughs> risk to reward not worth it you know, what's interesting is that it was the FBI that was on their on the case, too. It's like the same guys that popped Jordan Belfort. It's mm-hmm. like it's that same. It's like, I don't know, man. I think they got this whole thing kind of maybe they're the ones rug pulling. Dude, I mean, in finance, I mean, Bernie Madoff made off with what, like 60 billion, you know, yeah. and the guy, yeah. Do Kwan, the guy who founded Luna, lost investors 60 billion from Luna collapsing. And then he launches his own new coin and that one's still doing shit like there are much bigger financial crimes happening than someone who made 40 bands. <laughs> so, so can you, can you just like briefly talk about that real quick? Because like, I, I didn't know, I, I mean, I understood, um, you know, kind of by watching, you know, people that you and I learn from and um, people in the Academy learn from like Mike Sotero and, and uh, Chris Cobain, like talked about like kind of the process of what happened, but like for anybody just unaware, like, explain what happened with luna because essentially it was um if i'm not mistaken two projects right one crypto one stable coin and then they just completely went to zero so all mm-hmm. the money that was in there was it a, and then this is something i'm still kind of unfamiliar with was it a rug pull or was it just cat- catastrophe like something that just unimaginable like an actual crash because like in order for some somebody, for example, for trades to happen, if I'm buying, you have to sell. Mm-hmm. And for you to sell, I have to buy. So if does that mean everybody took out their money at one time, or like what happened? Yeah, I mean essentially that's the well the demand for buying Luna the token, right? Luna at one point was trading over a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. right? And then we all saw that that this the gnarliest chart I think I've ever seen, Just like in any market. Yeah, just in a week, like literally from 90, 80 bucks to pennies, you know? So, I mean, yeah, the demand was evaporated. There was no buying pressure. Nobody wanted to buy Luna for anything, right? It was only selling pressure. And that's why the price kept going down to fractions and fractions and fractions and fractions of a cent. Um, But I mean, the big picture, the big story was essentially they had created a decentralized financial platform, DeFi, other unknowns. And a lot of uh, people in DeFi, one of the big use cases of DeFi are stable coins. Stable coins are just some, a coin, a crypto coin that's supposed to be stable in its value. And so there's different ways to make a stable coin, right? Some people like Tether example, the stable coin, the most popular stable coin in crypto. Supposedly Tether has $1 in the bank for every $1 of Tether that exists, right? So that's why it's pegged to that bank balance that they had that reserve. 
Luna made their stablecoin in a different way. They didn't directly tie it to US dollars. They actually had a bunch of assets that they pegged it to. And one of those assets was uh, Bitcoin. So Luna was buying tons and tons and tons of Bitcoin off the market to back their stablecoin. Basically, what I heard the story is some really smart financial people. It gets really savvy and complex. But essentially, I think somebody found a, an exploit in their code, figured out that they were that it wasn't working the way it should be working. And they found a vulnerability in it and they got attacked. And that caused Luna's peg, their stablecoin, to lose its peg. And it was no longer worth $1 anymore. All stablecoins are supposed to be worth $1. And so once the market sees like, yo, the stablecoin's not worth a dollar anymore, then the price of Luna's the token assimilated with the project lost its value, you know, and then Luna was forced to sell all of their Bitcoin. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of rumors and a lot of reports that this was a coordinated attack against Luna. Basically, they got them, they clapped them. They realized that they weren't fully, they weren't, they, their practices weren't, financially responsible but they had but they had a deal with um with like a big mlb team man like they they were they were big like they were advertising like Mm -hmm. they were spending a lot of money to get known so Mm -hmm. i mean that's it's crazy because we're that's the world we live in with crypto it's a wild wild west of experimentation of like building uh like i mean essentially these are banks like and they're building their own like you know, and it's like that same principle. If everybody went to the U.S. bank, all the U.S. banks right now, if everyone went to the bank, tried to take out their money, what would happen? They wouldn't let it. Yeah, because they don't have all the money because yeah. they create this money out of thin air. It's like they practice fractional reserve banking, right? That's and so then, insane if you think about it, man. It's shit. What if, like, what if a handful of really wealthy people went up and like were like, "Yo, give me fifty grand tomorrow." Cause you can't even go there. I remember one time I went to the bank um, and I, I tried to take out 10 grand. They're like, we don't have that much here. Like you got to order it. I'm like, what do you mean? You're a bank. That's when I found out it was kind of rigged. Yeah. Yeah. And most only, most bank accounts are only insured up to 250,000 too. So that's like, you so know, you only have to 250,000 after that. Insured, yeah. And then like what they actually have there, like, yeah, dude. So that's how a lot of financial systems are there. Like there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that are really complicated that, you know, even myself has trouble understanding, but essentially I understood it as like, yeah, there was a run on Luna. Everyone wanted to get out and it just tanked and the stable coin lost its peg. And that was a huge deal. And I think the result of that is now that the government is coming in and they're going to use Luna as an example. Tether is the big one that's next that they're going to attack. I believe like Tether, I don't think is actually backed one-to-one. I don't think they actually have the dollars that they say they do, you know, and the government's going to come in and say, Hey, all these decentralized stable coins aren't really, legit look at this look at that and they're gonna introduce it's a perfect opportunity for them to introduce their own stable coin they've been saying that about tether too like that's mm-hmm. actually been a topic before this even happened that like how do we actually know same with usdc too like yeah. how do we actually know that there is a one-to-one ratio you know how do how do we know that i guess we really don't ever really know anything but but then you could say the same thing about the dollar how do we know what the dollar's value is pegged to you know like it used to be backed by gold but what's it backed by now so it, it that's this is a crazy conundrum because every one of these cryptos is like creating their own idea of like what a base currency should be and what they should be backed by whether it should be backed by bitcoin whether it should be backed by dollars whether it could be backed by commodities like gold silver there's a couple like that that are interesting to me so yeah big things happening in crypto with that and i think it was impressive though that bitcoin didn't just fall off the face of the earth and there's it still showed a lot of demand 
even at 28, 26, 27,000, however low it went, you know, and it's been holding there. I do think we don't have much buy pressure just with the money tightening macro cycle. So we're going to go lower, but Bitcoin's battle tested for sure. And like, it's, it doesn't just experience, like, I, I actually thought that was going to really like be a catastrophic event for crypto, but it kind of just like came and went and now we're still just chilling. Shout out to all the uh, Doge and Shiba shoulder, soldiers, soldiers out there that <laughs> put money into it, you know, a couple months ago, thinking that they were going to make a big bank. My dad actually was hitting me up about it. He's like, Shiba went to zero. I'm like, yeah, those, those coins were never actually a thing. Like, they were just a quick buck for people. And if you got it, you got it. You got, you know, you made your bag, but like, you can't expect that to happen again. You know, mm-hmm. maybe in a different coin. I, I really don't think, though, here's, let me ask you this. Do you think that that cycle of like this massive euphoric, bull run that we had a couple months back even last year you think that will happen again like even with altcoins because altcoins were really what made people the back because yeah bitcoin made it's you know it's it's pretty high high and same with ethereum ethereum was a little bit more um behind it dragged a little bit um than bitcoin but like do you think that as bitcoin makes its bull run up again to to six figures even above multiple six like you think all coins will have the same like capacity or you think people now have realized that we should probably put our our bags somewhere a little bit more secure hopefully they learned that lesson i learned that lesson in 2017 which is why i didn't play the shit coins this year but at the same time, human nature is bound to repeat itself because it's it's emotions and there's cycles and these cycles happen all the time. Bitcoin leads the market. Bitcoin hits the high. Then the money starts cycling and it cycles into Ethereum. And once Ethereum's is pumping, it cycles into the mid caps and then to the small caps and then eventually to the shit coins. And when the shit coins and random things that aren't valuable with no utility are going popping off, that's a that's a top signal, right? That's a top signal. So I think what we're in right now is the bear cycle and we're going to purge a lot of these coins. A lot of these coins will never recover. Um, and that's necessary and very healthy for the market. So I'm actually looking forward to that because that provides more legitimacy to the ones that actually do survive that have utility like Solana, like Ethereum, like Bitcoin. But yeah, to answer your question, I think for sure in 2025, 2026, which is post having, which is when Bitcoin usually makes its runs because they cut the they cut the supply dramatically. Demand usually stays pretty constant. Then it gets hyped again. I think, yeah, there'll be a new wave emergence of some kind of coins, like whether it's a meme, whether, you know, I think it could be something we can't really predict because 2017, it was ICOs. It was anyone just launched any blockchain about anything. <laughs> Dentist blockchain, medical blockchain, like whatever that. blockchain. Yeah. You know? And then this year it was any kind of meme, like dog this, dog that, come rocket, like this thing, that thing. <laughs> Yeah, bro. I'm, I know some really legitimate people that were shilling some really stupid projects. And I'm like, wow, this euphoria is insane. You know, like come bunny. Like that was one of them. Like, I'm like, dude, come on guys. But yeah, I mean, I think now people who hopefully make it through the cycle have now realized the games and the emotions and the cycles that are here. But yeah, I do think it's definitely bound inevitable to happen again. What about what about like in the cycle of all the other markets? Because I mean, right now gas is at like fucking almost six dollars over here, bro. It's like five sixty. Oh shit! Uh, yeah, so it's it's getting bad out here. So I mean, I think it's getting bad everywhere. I think California is at like above seven fifty or something like that. Illinois, I know, is like the fourth or fifth highest. Um, I know Missouri is like the lowest. They're still like l- they're still like under four dollars. So they're still yeah, doing like pretty good. Four fifty. We were at four bucks for a while, but now we're climbing again. Yeah, we're climbing. So, so do you think this is going to happen with, I mean, because the stock market, I mean, indices have been kind of pretty, 
They've been bearish, but they haven't done any significant movement. They've bounced back and forth. They're kind of in this little zone, um, but they haven't really done anything significant. I think they're going to, I think we're going to correct over time. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I think we're going to correct back to COVID back to that drop. I mean, mm-hmm. institutional money, right on the weekly candle. That's a big institutional move that mm-hmm. COVID drop before there was that big fat pump. You think that's going to affect all the other markets? Like you think that the dollar, the stocks, do you think it's going to affect real estate? Like that kind of stuff. Absolutely, bro. Every single market's bearish right now, other than the dollar, right? Dollar's daddy, as Jordan says, Jordan Morgan. Um, yeah. Dollar's daddy. And dude, I mean, even stocks are down big time, big time. Like they've been printing weekly candle, red weekly candles after red weekly candles, like bearish, like, it, it, we're just entering we've had free money and zero interest rates for so long for yeah. you know for so long so yeah like the money is getting tightened um they're gonna shake people out like they always do you know but what i'm looking forward to you know i don't think it's anything to be afraid of because markets go down markets go up this is gonna be leading us into years of massive 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 opportunity but the only way you can capitalize on that opportunity is if you have ammo, if you have cash, you know, if you got that cash flow. And that's, that's the biggest thing I'm focused right now is like, dude, just grinding, bro, just making money because, yeah, I'm not, I'm not as worried about investing right now, knowing just the, the given the cycle, given that the conditions, like they're going to continue to raise interest rates. That's the only thing they can do to combat inflation. So as long as interest rates are rising, the, the money flow, the available money out there is going to be less and less and less. So people are going to have to start being forced to sell, being forced to sell their assets, being forced to sell their homes, being forced to sell things that they bought. Hopefully not at the highs, but a lot of people unfortunately <laughs> did, you know, with all the helicopter money that was being dropped in 2020, 2021. So yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be rough for people if they're not prepared for this, you know, dude, it's such a mental fucking game. Like if you see it and you know, um, I think Steve Jobs said this, right? Like you can't connect the dots moving, looking forward. You can only connect them looking back like, Dude, when, when, you know, when we were getting stimulus checks and like people were getting PPP loans and stuff like that, it was just like, give me more, give me more, <laughs> you know? Yes. Donald Trump, you know, but now it's like, fuck, why is gas $7? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it, it, it's like the cause and effect of that is, is, is it's incredible, dude. And, you know, I was listening to Bob Proctor today and he was talking about, he was born in 1934 and, you know, RIP to, to, to the great, one of the greatest teachers out there. Um, but he was talking about, I think it was like 2019 and he did the seminar. He's like, you know, and hearing that you probably think, how is this guy still alive? Uh, but anyway, his point was that like, he had seen so many different evolutions of like cycles of, of, you know, of human nature, of business, of, of the markets and stuff like that. And he's like, everything is so repetitive everything is so cyclical. Like it happens over and over again. Like it may happen. It happened with, with the telephone. Then it happened with text messages. Then it happened with like, and and the monetary system, right. Happened with like checks and then debit cards and then credit cards. And now it's like cryptocurrencies. It's like, it just makes you wonder what's like, what's next, dude. Like what's Mm going to happen next. And you know, even now for me, like I, I notice it too, like not only the emotional cycle of, you know, the whole market, emotional cycle and that euphoric state not taking profits dude my i live on taking profits now because <laughs> it's something i didn't do for so long but where i was going with that is just like it's so interesting to see now that i've i've seen you know 2020 i've seen 2021 you know like this euphoric state of getting you know three four fifteen hundred sixteen hundred dollar checks just because you're you know a citizen yeah just because really just because <laughs> 
Because you really didn't, didn't do absolutely anything to earn that oh, money. No. It's just you were, no. I mean, I guess you have a social security number, so you're technically a slave to the U.S. But I mean, outside of that, like you didn't do anything to it. And so just seeing these cycles, it just makes you wonder like the, the, what the continuation behind this. And then it gets so much easier. This is why I think Ray Dalio, one of the best like teachers and, and, you know, um, financial, I wouldn't call him a financial advisor, but like a financial mentor to a lot of wealthy people is because he's seen these cyclical things happen in the market. And so it's just, so it makes me, it makes me feel good about where we're going, bro. And like the decisions that we're going to make over time, because like, you know, in our twenties, we're, we're seeing this, this is probably going to happen again in our forties or fifties or sixties, you know, and by that time we'll have immaculated, you know, significant amounts of, of, of capital, hopefully, you know, of wealth. And so it'll, it'll be interesting to see like how we transfer that information down, you know, we'll be look back 50, 50, 60 years from now, listen to this and be like, dude, remember when we were talking about this, like this exactly. happening, you know, and all the biz different business models too, dude, that have been evolving, you know, within, the last couple of years, you know, e-commerce, mm -hmm. one of the biggest ones. And people say that e-commerce is going to keep evolving and growing, you know, um, and web like, 3. you know, huh? And web three, bro. Yeah. You know, like NFTs, yeah. the whole, the whole marketplace, mm -hmm. you know, and this wasn't, this was non-existent 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, absolutely not. I still think, I still think crypto is the future. And like this last couple of years, was it being presented on the main stage and having euphoria and free money being from COVID, all the stimulus checks, and then everyone going crazy with it. You know, there was a, this happened 20 years ago with the internet, same exact thing in the not late nineties, early two thousands, anything.com was going crazy. And everyone like same exact conditions of the market where people, things were just pumping. And then what happened was a massive, massive crash, right? And it wiped everybody out. Because it got presented on the main stage, everyone was taking advantage of it. And then what they did, what smart money always does, you have yes. the keys to the kingdom. Yeah. You see everybody coming into the next thing. You just wait for everyone to get in the boat. You shoot a hole in their boat. <laughs> <laughs> and you take them all out. So that Down you goes your, good, man. And then all of you, then you and all your rich friends can accumulate all the real gold. And like that is, you know, that's exactly what happened in the internet. Like so many things crashed and so many people got burned. And then what happened over the next 10 years? Like, yeah, dude, if you stayed invested through that cycle and were actually able to weather that storm and capitalize and accumulate, dude, internet stocks, are you kidding me, Fang? Right? I mean, some of those didn't exist yet, but Amazon, Microsoft, right? Those were around Google didn't come out until 2004. But, you know, we're, I think we're, that's the exact same thing happened with crypto. This is the massive purge. This is the flush, right? And it's flushing out everybody who doesn't know what's going on. And it's giving those opportunities to the wealthy and the rich that haven't yet gotten into. Because, dude, if you don't think that crypto is the future, the wave of everything, especially with Web3 and NFTs, I want to transition to that. Because, dude, that sort of business model where now it's not about it's not about profit. It's not about pure domination. It's more about values. It's more about what you stand for. And it's about giving ownership and allowing ownership and giving ownership. I'm so, so excited to see how the world changes. Sort of like how the web changed the world, right? The web completely changed the way that businesses were able to connect with their audience, right? Now businesses are able to directly interact with you. Like before that, how is a business supposed to reach a consumer? It's, it's just through what, like? Advertising, paper advertising, yeah, yeah phone advertising. Television, radio, yeah. right? Which was very expensive and the giants of the industry could easily outcompete the small guys. Yeah. And then until the internet came around, social media, and now anybody can create a post anyone can go viral if you have a good enough product, right? And it actually depends on the legitimacy of your product and people really do not care. 
about the reputation of your company. They really do care about like what you stand for. Like it, it's insane to me because that, that flip with the head of the model. And like, that's why I'm so excited to be in business in web three on the internet with marketing, you know, and being involved with like people that we're involved with, because I really believe in the missions and the values that we have, you know, and what we're, what we're, what we're promoting and what we're putting out there for people, you know, just giving value, legitimately helping people because that's the way the world's going with web three, with this stuff. And especially with the blockchain, everything's transparent. Like you can't hide your financials. You can't hide if you rip somebody off. You can't hide if you're secretly selling behind the back door. People can see, yeah. you know, and it's, it's a different wave. It's a different wave of business. It's a different wave of communicating. It's a different way of advertising. I'm, I'm really, 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 really interested to see how Web3 is going to affect the, the real estate space, man, because I still think, you know, I was talking to somebody today, you know, um, uh, homeowner in, in Cleveland. He was saying he had 100K in, in, uh, in Cardano, right? And he was just waiting for it to go back up because he bought it at like 98, 99, somewhere around there, right? So he was just waiting. He's like, I'm waiting for it to hit $5. He's like, I put 100K. He's like, it hits $5. I take out 400K. I'm like, yeah, it's a good, good deal. He's like, but his argument was that real estate right now was the only thing that was paying. He said, because you can't put it in the stock market because when you take it out, boom, you get taxed freaking 60% of your money. Um, and then he, uh, real estate has some of the best tax advantages. So I'm, I'm really, really, really interested to see how the development of this is going to affect. I know that the lending aspect of it is going to be big. I know NFTs, you know, you're going to be able to buy and sell. Um, homes, smart contracts are going to be a big deal. Um, like, so the fundamentals are there and like the foundation is there, but I really want to see it play out, you know, like mm -hmm. I really want to see, you know, people, big lenders start using, you know, I, I think in Miami, you can use cryptos to get loans now. Um, mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, just there's a few platforms that offer that already. And like, I actually saw someone list their house on open sea like no shit today. yeah they listed for like eleven thousand ethereum or something it's like two two million or something like that but um or 20 Dude, but see like imagine okay just think about that just think about that right if you think about the traditional buying process of a home mm -hmm. you got to get an agent you got to market mm -hmm. it you got to you you know you have to get a lender you got to mm -hmm. get inspections you got to do all of this right and mm -hmm. most of those inspections and uh deeds and title work and all that stuff it, it it's only that only happens because there's no other way to do it. Mm -hmm. But like you list your house on open sea, take really good pictures of it, hire, you know, my brother, shout out my brother, shameless plug, right. To take pictures of your house and you just put it on open sea. Dude, I can just send you what? 11,000 Ethereum. You said? Yeah. And you could see the legitimate verified owner of it. You could see who he bought it from. You could see the blockchain record of all the maintenance he's did. You could see like oh, ideally you'd have like all those things, like the inspections, all the things necessary to make sure everything's fair and legit would be on audited blockchains. You could have companies that do those kind of audits. They would have all those records publicly available. You have all these. Yeah. Dude, we need to, we need to figure out a way business idea here for me and anybody listening. If you're listening, I, I'm going to patent this somehow. Dude, <laughs> title companies, bro. Title companies. I mean, this is going to take, this is going to take generations for it to happen, but Dude, like to, 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 to transfer title for, for a property, like that's or think about transferring title for a car. You know, you got to go to the DMV or something like that. So like if you are able to adapt that that technology, dude, you're transferred through an NFT. Yeah. Well, and no, it's... because you would have to go to through city records like you can't just I can't just sell me your house because then the 
like the liability of it has to be under city records, right? That's that's the only thing that's like still, I think, preventing this whole thing from blowing up inside real estate is that like, if I'm going to sell you a $2 million home, like number one, we have to pay federal tax, we have to pay county tax, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it has to go through public record. Like, can you just transfer it to me? Yes. But like, can I own it? Can you say I own it on blockchain? Yes. But then like, the county still has to know that now there's new ownership of that. And so for it to do that, you, you still have to pay. So that's kind yeah, of like, but, what, but what's preventing the, the county or the state or the federal government from creating these types of blockchain systems for that's what I'm saying. Land, I think, that's what I'm saying. I think it's going to take generations for that to happen. Cause I don't think that like, they can just boom, just like that. You know I mean? I guess they could, they probably already have it. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. I think of how fast things change from like, from no web to web. I mean, you have web one to web two. Web one wasn't very useful at a lot of these things, but then you have web two. But think of how fast things change from, you know, like now you can't call the DMV. In Colorado, you can't call the DMV. Nobody will answer. Dude, yeah. You can't just walk in the DMV. (laughs) You can't, no, even in Colorado, you can't just walk in the DMV. If you don't have an appointment, you have to set up an appointment online. So their entire system of communicating with, people with their citizens through the dmv the motor vehicle service is all through online now all their records you want to get a license plate registration do it online you can't do it in person so i mean yeah i mean we're 2022 i don't know how long it's been around internet was created in the 80s yeah 30 40 years later the entire government system is online so i mean yeah i don't think it'll take as long as you think like i think yeah 15 20 30 years Dang, you could bro. have a lot of things in NFT technology and Web3 with blockchains because it's just more efficient. It makes more sense. It's less resource costing. Like, why? Like, there's so many processes of middlemen that, you know, just make things are like so slow. And there's so many fees and so many bottlenecks with a lot of businesses that could really be resolved through NFT technology. I'm like just simple thinking- transferring of clicking a button. <laughs> I'm just thinking now, like all of the all of the different um, industries that that Web three and I just never really gave two thoughts about this, but mm-hmm. you know all the different industries that Web three is gonna like eventually disturb and run run people out of business. Like think of like payroll, bro. Think of HR benefits and payroll. You know, um, onboarding for jobs and you know insurance and all this kind of stuff, man. Like Certi- all these certifications, you know, like yeah. Dude, I think, right, obviously finance is the biggest thing that um, crypto, NFTs, blockchains have, like, disrupted. You know, having a decentralized ledger versus just having a bank's control and record everything, right? We can record it ourselves. We can create our own systems, like funding, VC funding. Now, anybody can VC fund anything. You don't have to have any kind of, like, there's no restrictions on that. And then, you know, obviously the NFT industry is disrupting art. Um, and now it's, like, getting into decentralized autonomous organizations, DAOs. Like being able to organize a group of people, hey, everyone puts a thousand bucks into this NFT, this broken. Now we're gonna use those funds to do Airbnb arbitrage. Like it, the whole structure of how you organize a company is being forever changed by Web3. And I think that's the most exciting thing to be a part of. Um, is a company that's educating on the forefront of that technology. And like I, I know the company we're involved with it, shameless plug. Obviously, I'm bullish on it, very biased on it, um, very biased with it because. I see us like in that forefront of understanding what this stuff does and how you structure a company, how you instructive incentive, like how you can actually distribute ownership, because that's a very antiquated model too in the world that we have is like ownership of companies, like, you know, yeah. like just the structure of how a company runs, like who gets to say and what goes, you know, it's like, 
that that whole model is completely changing and the incentive structure is changing and how things operate are going to be completely different 10, 20 years on the road. That's why it's so important to be educated on this stuff. And I know we're spitballing and throwing out a lot of big ideas. It's a very <laughs> meta conversation right now, but it's like, dude, yeah, we're in the infancy stage. Imagine what the conversation was about the internet in 1995. It'd probably be something similar to this. Like a lot of crazy yeah. ideas. We don't know. It could be like this, it could be like that, but the people that stuck with that and kept with that idea, obviously we're the ones that were able to profit and take advantage of those many transitions. Hopefully, ideally, you were the people that invested in Google, Facebook, Amazon, right? And obviously, there's a tremendous wealth shift that comes when you're creating such a massive technology change. Like this is Web3 will be the biggest wealth shift in our life, 100%. You ever thought about creating one of these like um, or like pioneering one of these industry shifts yourself? <laughs> no, not really, man. I mean, I'm really focused on just what we're, what we're doing with building Prime building QC, you know, and, and in that organization that we have, you know, I think we're in there helping a lot, a lot of people. And I think one day, inevitably that will shift into a role of like potentially founding, creating something like that. But, you know, I think a lot of things need to happen first. And my main focus is just delivering the value, bro. Just like putting these podcasts out, sharing my process, doing that kind of thing, because dude, it's, it's still yeah, crazy. It's bro, still so let- crazy. Let's let's parallel the conversation a little bit, you know, because you mentioned, you know, like your focus is like, um, you know, the building building prime and, and and just kind of that industry. So the the evolution of of network marketing is comparable to the evolution of the internet, you know, mm-hmm. like the evolution of that industry is huge because mm-hmm. it started with the three big, you know, three headed monster. It was uh, uh, Herbalife, Mary Kay, and Amway. You know, that was like everybody's mom probably sold makeup, you know, one, one way or another, you've had an interaction with somebody selling you, trying to sell you protein powders. I was one of them at one point, you know, my mom and I did it for a while. That was my first introduction. Um, I actually, my, my parents sold Amway, bro. When I was really little, (laughs) you know, like they had Amway like products everywhere. And then, then those three companies are still so huge, but the, the evolution of that industry has been comparable to like the evolution of the internet, because it was one thing where people were like, you're fucking insane for t- doing this, you know? But it, at the end of the day, the people that had the vision and that really stuck to it, dude, they're top 10 business from home right now, you know, earning, you know, hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions of dollars, just residually for the rest of their life. And it, you know, the cool thing about network marketing is it's inheritable. So mm-hmm. like, you know, when you die, you can't inherit your paycheck, but when you die, you can inherit your, your residual check to somebody else, mm-hmm. you know, to, to your family. And that's just for generations to come, bro. Like that was one of the things that was so attractive to me when I first learned about network marketing. I really dove deep into that, to Herbalife in 20, 2014, 2015 um, because of that. Number one, it was my introduction to personal development. Jim Rohn actually partnered with Herbalife yep. at the end of his career. And he was, you know, he was like the big legend. Yeah, you know, he is a legend in personal development. So that that was big. Um, and that was my introduction to personal development. But, you know, moving forward, like past that now about Proctor with I am right. And, you know, we had Les Brown for a little while, like, a lot of these companies, you know, and I think uh, I am is definitely was the pioneer and is being value branded now. I don't know if you've noticed that, you know, but a lot of these companies and the evolution of where it's going, people were used to think you were crazy for, for, for doing network marketing, but it's helping so many people shift the way that they think. Because if you're just, if, if you come from somewhere like where I come from and there is an opportunity presented to you 
very often. As a matter of fact, never. And then somebody comes into your door and says, hey, look, buy this product. And then they sell you on the product or the service, right? And then they say, but look here, there's an opportunity attached to it. Mm-hmm. And if you go and you share this with other people, then you can get compensated for that. Somebody like myself, I took that dude, I took that to heart. I was saying, yo, so I'm fat. And you're telling me that if I take these products, I'm going to get skinny. But then also I can also help other fat people get skinny or get skinny people get jacked and I can get paid for it forever. And at the same time, make new friends, look good, travel like, dude, that to me sounded like it was glorious. It was like, fuck a job. Like my job's just going to pay me. I'm going to do good at it. But they're not offering me recognition. They're not offering me compensation residually. They're not Mm -hmm. offering me like friends. I get to see the same people at work every single day. They're not offering me opportunity. And if there is room for growth, it's going to take me forever. Somebody has to die or get fired for me to move up in the company. That was what was so attractive to me now. And what's so attractive to me in in newer marketing now is that like, it's all kind of just like the markets, you know? It, it it's like a cyclical uh, movement of it. You know, I, I am has been, dude, it's been such a blessing. That was the whole reason, you know, we're on this podcast is because sure. of, that's crazy. Yeah. It's because of that company, you know, it's because of network marketing. And I think people have such a bad Definitely. You know, mentality about it, but dude, same, same. It, it's very parallel to cryptos and, and web three, bro, because think about old people have a very bad, like, perception of cryptocurrencies because it's too volatile i saw it on your story the other day right you're like crypto nobody i don't want to invest in cryptos because of the volatility i want something more stable but it's like in you know a dollar could buy you a burger and then a candy and now it can't buy you anything bro like a dollar <laughs> dude a dollar can't buy you anything remember when chips were three for a dollar bro the little yeah. bag of chips dude, yeah. now now you can't even buy a pack of gum for 99 cents uh-huh. arizona is still the only thing that's 99 cents that was 99 cents when i was a kid they shrunk the cans no yeah dude yeah <laughs> well then it's not 99 cents then you know <laughs> that's bogus i didn't know that i haven't had one in a minute but where i was going with that is like it's like it's very parallel man and and you know a lot of the stuff that we talk about now is because of the opportunity that i've had to that we've had to connect to to plug into people to plug into these industries like it's just so like and now now because it works here's the cool part if it didn't work, there wouldn't be people trying to do it themselves. There wouldn't be mm-hmm. people going out and, and like, okay, for example, I give this example all the time. Oreos, right? They're the fucking best cookie arguably out there. But then you go to Walmart, you can get Walmart Oreos. You could go to Aldi and get Aldi Oreos. You know, you go to Target and get Target brand Oreos. You know, they're value brand Oreos, but you can't ever get another Oreo. Right. They mm-hmm. look like Oreos. They taste like Oreos. They smell like Oreos, but they're but they not the Oreos, it. you know, like you can't no. ever get it and you might pay an extra dollar for it. And that's exactly what's happening to a lot of these companies. You know, Herbalife, there's so many weight loss products. Amway, there's so many different products, you know, so many different companies. Um, what's the other one? Mary Kay, right? There's so many different like Monet is a big one right now. Right. So many different companies that are like now just add um, advertising and adapting to to social political norms like vegan um shampoos and you know friendly you know this and that and it's like we see it with i am too you know there's been a couple companies that like come in and then they try to take the throne but it's the shout out to chris terry bro because it's the foundation and 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 the purpose you know that that goes behind it that is really adapting 
the the culture, you know, that, that really sets the foundation for, for growth. But, you know, I kind of just went off on a rant on that, but I think it's so parallel to see, you know, I, and not even, I mean, we can parallel network marketing to, I mean, um, web three network marketing. We could probably do that to a few other different industries, man. But I think it's so interesting to see that, like, if it didn't work, people wouldn't try to copy it. People wouldn't copy it. Yeah, man. So what was, what brought you from Herbalife over time? Because obviously you have a lot more experience in network marketing and in business in general than I have. So I'm curious, like, I think a lot of people are enticed by network marketing for the same reasons that you were saying, like, okay, it's an opportunity. Okay. Well, I have this ability to network, travel, to earn residual income, which is a whole different way of earning money, right? All the tax benefits of being a business owner. But what was the shift from you? Because like you said, there's there's those traditional network marketing companies that even my parents were involved with. I found out late, like, and I think those companies actually gave a lot of people. I mean, there are some people obviously that were able to benefit tremendously from them, but then at the same time, there's a bunch of people who do have that sour taste in their mouth from, I'd say product-based companies. Um, so what was, what was it for you that kind of like shifted you from a product-based company to a service-based company? Well, I, I couldn't see myself, I couldn't see myself selling protein for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Like it, the vision was not aligned. The, the purpose and the opportunity and the reward was there, but I couldn't see myself doing it forever. That was, that's, that's kind of what turned me off. And so for a while, when I started, when Mike presented me, I am, he, he I remember he was, we were sitting in my lobby and he, and he was talking to me about this skateboarder about failing and failing and failing. And then, you know, he, like the reason why he became such a big, you know, big skateboarder was because he just kept on going. And then he asked me a question. He was like, and then you want to build this thing, right? Then like, cause he was talking to me about trading the skateboarder and trading. And then he's like, but then you also want to build this thing, right? Cause he knew that I did Herbalife before. And I was like, yeah, but I really didn't want to because I had this, I had the same misconception that like people think that this is just going to be another one of those things where you have to go out and get people for this to work. Mm-hmm. You know, I still had that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel like, um, you know, Napoleon, I've been studying thinking or rich and Napoleon Hill talks a lot about the fear of criticism. And I think that was one of the reasons why I stopped doing it over life for a while too, is because of the fear that I had of people criticizing me like, Oh, this guy is just out here trying to sell everybody Herbalife. He's a salesman. You know, he's just yeah. out here trying to get people to drink his protein. And I would see people at the gym drinking these like shitty ass whey proteins and I'd be trying to put them on and people would kind of like laugh at me, you know, and they would kind of like joke around and like talk shit, you know, behind my back. And so like that was that was the number one reason that kind of turned me off. I think that's what turns a lot of people off to network marketing is the fear of criticism of what other people say. But, dude, I've been doing this for so long that I don't give up. I don't, I don't care anymore that what, that people, people might say like, Oh, he's just trying to sell me something like, yeah, 1000% I am trying to sell you something. And I'm not trying to sell you a product or service. I'm trying to sell you on an idea that there is something bigger and better than what you've been exposed to. But I did, I didn't do network marketing for like probably like a year and a half, maybe two years. I still consume the products. Like I still take the products Dude, the, the, the correct network marketing companies have the best products mm-hmm. because they don't spend any money on advertising. Mm-hmm. Where like most other companies, they're going to mm-hmm. spend a lot of money in their advertising. These network marketing companies, they spend the, the money on like formulizing their product or their service so that it's actually really, really good. 
Mm-hmm. You know? So it sells itself. That's the idea, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You, you use it, you put on this lotion, you put on this potion, this snake powder, or this wrap, and boom, you know, it's it's just <laughs> magic. That's that's kind of how it works. Yeah. But yeah, man, for a while I was really turned off to to uh to the idea of building I am just because of that same, you know, fear of criticism. Fear of criticism yeah. Know? Especially in a world we live in now where like judgment is so rarely cast and so easily spread through social medias and like everyone has a critic of everything on social media so nobody when you see that and you consume that type of content you see everyone talking shit about everything you don't want to ever be the one that's being on the other end of that criticism that's like i don't know for me it's like when i first got exposed to this network with this business model network marketing bro i hated it i hated it (laughs) like i was so um i prevented my own blessings for a long time by being opposed to how this business was grown through this word of mouth like i had that same i can definitely speak from the the standpoint the perspective i feel like a lot of people when they are presented with network marketing it's like but what's in it for you man like why are you telling me about this opportunity why are you going so hard and giving me this sales pitch with your fancy metaphors and your fancy ways of presenting this and yeah it fucking fancy sounds cash great, flow quadrant but what's the catch bro and I, I, I still have this opinion. So I, I'm a savage. I have, I'm very opinionated, you know, like, yeah, when it comes to selling just straight products, like there isn't really there, there, the direct benefit is going to the person who signed the products. Like they're obviously making a margin yes. for it. Right. Yes. You know? And then I think my mindset changed on the industry of network marketing. When I realized there were companies that weren't just selling snake oil, as they say, lotions, potions, and you know, products like because is protein gonna change your life might make you skinny (laughs) but there's lots of different proteins there's lots of different options so you know i don't think any it wasn't i didn't like i said i didn't also similar i didn't see myself being someone who got behind a single product as like this is me i believe in this product more than all the other products in the market and this is the best one right um but when i realized what i am as is as a service which is education that changed my mind that really opened my paradigm and shifted how I saw this business model because I realized, okay, like education isn't a one-time transaction. It's not like, there's no, like, it's so like, I think I had that defense mechanism. Like I'm not getting got, you ain't getting me, bro. (laughs) You ain't selling me. I ain't buying your bullshit. Like I'm not getting got. And then like realizing the fact that what they were selling wasn't just a one-time transaction of just, you buy this freaking protein and like you use it and now you're going to be healthy. It was, Hey, this is trading. This is investing. This is e-commerce. These are digital skill sets that can make you money. And like, if you don't believe in that, do your own research. Cause there's dude at this point, like if you're not seeing, realizing the fact that you can make money online through the markets, right? What do you think your bank does with your money? They trade it in the market. Right. You can do that on your own now through the advent of technology, smartphones. You have that shit in your pocket. You can trade in the largest markets in the world in your pocket. And so I started trading Forex by myself, realizing, holy cow, yeah, this is a lucrative market. Wow, I can put my money in here. But then I realized very quickly within the first month of trading on my own, I don't know how the fuck to do this. <laughs> I have no clue how to do this, man. I'm getting wrecked. And so then I realized, okay, well, do these people that told me about Forex know what they're doing? And turns out, yeah, they do. They're, they they are making money in trading and they are actually offering their guidance and their mentorship as a service, just like a college 
does just someone who's an engineer teaches you about engineering a professor who's been in the industry hopefully has real world experience hopefully right is, is actually offering you their knowledge and expertise and that can further your ability to advance within whatever field you're in so i was very attracted to investing and trading because of the fact you can make money whenever you want there's essentially no limit to the money you can make and then like the big paradigm the biggest paradigm i had was realizing how most education systems that I've been through in my life, I was learning from people who were teaching me things that they never did, teaching yeah. me theory of things. And then I realized how this company is positioned itself. Like these are people who are real traders, making real money, showing you exactly how they do it. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, let's go. Like, and then it just clicked. It made sense, man. Like it made sense to invest in education for myself from people who are really doing it. And then on top of that, the fact that this is a, a service-based product, right? The IM Academy, being able to learn about currency trading, about cryptocurrencies, about NFTs, about e-commerce. And it's exciting to see the company expanding into more industries, bringing experts from different industries, offering their education, offering their time, their mentorship. And the fact that, yeah, you could subscribe to this and learn from people doing that. It, it just made sense to me. It just made sense. The fact that like, and I had spent I spent almost $60,000 on a degree for engineering, you know, and like, dude, it just made sense, you know, for like, that's what Chris Terry is such a G for is like, dude, he realized, okay, he broke through through trading. He found his success through trading and being able to offer that wisdom and insight to masses and masses of people for the low fee that we have. It's, it's insane to me. Like, did you have a similar breakthrough moment that was just like, whoa, like this is different like this isn't we're not selling snakeskin we're not selling potions and lotions we're like this is a service-based product and like it's not just like okay you signed up for this academy now you're to become a trader no this is just the education and the tools you got to freaking take that shit and actually work it's like a personal trainer i sometimes compare it to like you hire a personal trainer to hire like to train you like obviously they know how to get fucking in shape they're in shape but you still have to do the work you still have to do the things our trainer is telling you it's not like someone selling you a freaking protein shake and saying hey you just drink the shake you're gonna look like me it's <laughs> clearly not the case and i think that's where a lot of people got that <clears throat> reputation was like it's those short-sighted sales that like this is the magic fix and like that's the one thing i love about us is like or this company too and the people that presented to me is like they didn't present it that way this isn't a magic fix these are the tools and resources and guidance that got these people success in the markets and they've offered you a blueprint to follow it similarly but yeah do you have some like a similar breakthrough or story of like how you came to where you're at today with this yeah, I think it was because if you understand the business model of network marketing, you have you understand that in order for somebody to con to, to make money, somebody else has to consume, right? In a in a product based business, you you make a mar you make a margin based off of X product, and then for example, in Herbalife, you have to continue reselling that product. Mm -hmm. People have to continue supplying themselves with that, so you have to become dependent on that product and. Uh, there are very, there's a very small handful amount of people that can be consistent with something, you know, people switch up their stuff all the time, people switch up their, you know, everything all the time. And so it's like, if you think of like trends in, in, in clothing, you know, there's different trends in clothing all the time. And so there's going to always going to be a flashier, more attractive product for you to want that you're going to want to try. And that's the toughest part about now that product-based network marketing is that you have to continue selling. You have to continue getting people to consume that product with this, just like how you said it, right? It's education. 
if you understand and you truly want to become a master at finance and financial literacy, we, we don't have to just use trading because, you mm-hmm. know, the company started right. just as trading, but now is evolving into something way beyond just trading. You know, we have mindset, we have um, m- trading inside Forex markets, trading inside crypto markets. We have investing inside crypto markets. We're about to pop up and launch stocks and futures. You know, we have time-based trading, you know, it's like, Dude, you can learn how to use e-commerce. It's just education. If you understand like, okay, this is a platform for me to learn how to build businesses and and create financial avenues, then it's not just a product. And so you do become dependent upon it. Like I am is something that you, it's okay to be dependent on. Just like, you know, people become dependent on Netflix because of the sense of entertainment that it gives them. Right. So people become dependent on I am because of the sense of number one community. Right. And then number two, the education that it brings you. But my breakthrough was when I realized that every customer here can make money. Mm -hmm. If I sell you a product, the benefit is only me as a salesperson, not you. Can, can it be argued that yes, you have a benefit too, because you're, if you, it, here's the here's the here's the key word right here. If you consume the product, then you will have a result. Well, that's arguably the same thing here, right? I can sign you up for I am, and if you use the product, then you will be successful. But that's the thing is like I'm not selling you on a dream. I'm selling you on something. I'm just giving you a vehicle of what you already want. For example, if I'm gonna go sell you shampoo because this shampoo is better than Walmart-based shampoo, or this energy drink's better than Monster or Celsius, or 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 if this hand sanitizer or this uh, diet plan is better than whatever you're taking right now, you have to continue selling yourself on that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you have to you have to consume it for it to work. With I am, you don't have to. You know, mm-hmm. I I I am not convincing you that you have big goals and dreams and that you don't want to live in a shitty house and that you don't want to drive your 98 camera anymore. You already want those things. And so uh, this is just a vehicle. So my breakthrough was when I realized that customers can make money. Yeah. You don't have to be a distributor to make money. Mm -hmm. But if you're walking down the street, Christian Vargas said this one time and it really stuck to me. He said, if you're walking down the street and you see two $100 bills, you're not just going to pick up one of them. You know, if there are multiple ways to make money, you know, you can make money learning the education and consuming the information that I am offers you. But then you can also share this with somebody else because you know that they have goals and ambitions and they have dreams in their life and get compensated for that. Like, how is that? A, how is that? A, like you're helping somebody else and getting paid. <laughs> Dude, mm-hmm. that's that's how life works, dude. You do something for somebody else and you get paid. Provide value. Yeah. yeah like Jim Rome says it, you get paid for the value you provide to the marketplace. Yeah. You're providing the value of showing people education, helping them with their education, right? Being there, I really believe in the way I run my business. I think the most important part of the business that we're involved with is the service to the customers. Yes. Because I didn't want to necessarily build a business at first. Like I, I just didn't. It wasn't something that I was interested in. I wanted to learn how to trade. And I think a lot of people have that mindset, right? But once I realized like the value that I received from it and, you know, like my brother was a person that unlocked it for me. It was like, he was asking what I was doing. Like, what are you doing, bro? You moved to Puerto Rico. You're like trading, you're traveling, you're doing all these things. Like the community and the network effect and the lifestyle of network marketing is very enticing. And people see that and they want to be involved with it. And it's like, 
wasn't like I'm gonna be like, no, bro, I can't tell you about this because I don't believe in sales. And I don't believe in it's like, of course, I'm gonna freaking yo, this is what I'm doing. This is education. I'm taking these classes, I'm learning how to trade. This has allowed me to do this. I'm going to events, going to seminars, doing all these things. And I think it's a lot of people have that mentality of being on the outside looking in. It's like, well, they only do that just to, to recruit people and to, and to make sales. And it's like, dude, sales is a part of every single business. And the sales, world, dude, like, sales is part of life, man. Everything you, in life is a sale. Yeah. If you work for a company, guess what? By the fact that you spend nine to five every day, you spend 40 hours every day of your week at this company. Guess what? You are subconsciously selling that that's a great company and other people should could, like you are doing that by investing your time into it. And do you like even believe the mission or statement of the company? Or are you just there collecting a check? And yeah. So it's like for me being involved with a company like this and actually being surrounded by purpose-driven people, people who are passionate about what they did that weren't just about collecting a check, that were actually interested in the well-being of others, seeing other people succeed. Dude, it's different. It's different vibes. And sometimes I think when you experience something so different, like you instantly are just like, hmm, what's there's always my mentality what's the catch bro what's yeah. the catch the catch is you gotta fucking work your ass off and this shit ain't easy That's and honestly catch, man. a lot of people don't succeed at it like i'm not afraid to paint it real and raw and how it really is you know and like i'm never gonna be the person either it's like if you're in my business i don't like all the people that are in my business can attest to this i've never told anybody hey go recruit your mom go tell this person like because i'm not gonna convince you of the value of this product you either see it and you want to share and you believe it's worth sharing for the people you love or you don't. Yeah. And if you haven't, even if you're invested and you're part of the education, and you don't quite see it worth sharing yet. Like, I, I don't see my role as convincing you of that. Right. And I think that's also a big part of like why I'm really passionate about this, because I, I, I don't think there needs to be that kind of like, hey, you got to go market this. Hey, you got to go tell people because that's the exact thing I know is for a fact. That's the exact thing that turns people the other direction from this is putting that pressure on them to market it because it all comes back to like, why do you want me to market? Well, you want me to market it to build your business and like, yeah, no, bro, is- I want you to market it because I want you to believe in it. And I want you to deliver the same value that you've got the same information and knowledge that you have. That's allowing you to profit off these markets. I think that's valuable. And we're sharing whether or not you think that that's up to you. But and people, people get so discouraged when it doesn't work, man, when it doesn't work and immediately, you know, they go and, and then they always say, right, tell your 10 closest friends. And then they go tell your 10 closest friends. And then those 10 closest friends don't want to do it because they don't see it. They haven't been exposed to it properly. Mm-hmm. And then, then you're just like, yeah, this doesn't work. And then what really trips me up is that when people, when people get turned off by network marketing, because they say all the, all these guys, all they want to do, they're just so focused on building. All they want to do is they just want to build people in. They just want to bring people in. That's yeah, a essential part of being a business, right? That's like necessary for Customer any business. acquisition. Yeah. It's, the, it's like you, you have to understand that that is how every business in the entire planet works. You have to get customers. You have to get clients. Anyway, beside the point is what trips me up is that when people say, oh, these guys or these people or this company or this group, not just necessarily us, but you know, I've had people leave my business when, when people go leave my business and then they go start their own little group. And then, and then, and then they go, and then what they go do is, and then they go and say, oh, we're just a trading group. We're not, we're not building, but you're selling people on the fact that you're just a trading group. When essentially that's exactly what we are because only 5% of our, of our business, only 5% of our group of people actually oh, build. Right. You know what I mean? Like actively go out and build. And yeah, I mean, dude, like. Social media has been becoming so saturated with network marketers, with all types of network marketers that it's almost just like you have to be really creative 
um, with how you're going to market yourself on social media, which is why I'm super grateful that we have, you know, the, these types of conversations and even just this platform, mm-hmm. because like it, it, it becomes more about just going out and selling people, bro. One of the things that they told me in Herbalife is if you stay in network marketing for long enough, 10 years, right, your life will never be the same. I've been doing network marketing for five years now. So like five years from now, you know, it's like, it's inevitable you know it's like it is another thing too is like it doesn't matter how long it takes because i know the value and i know that eventually people are going to want to do this dude like we were just going back to our conversation web3 bro when the entire planet is using some sort of web3 platform like everybody's going to want to know about this and and the Mm -hmm. fact that we're in e-learning right i read an article that said i think it was from dean grazioni that said that e-learning is one of the most profitable businesses to get into over the next century like dude Mm -hmm. everything is online now online classes you get a master's degree online so you're telling me that if you can learn how to create financial avenues for yourself online through a platform instead of paying tens of thousands of dollars it's going to cost me 200 bucks right yeah. That's that that's the biggest thing why I'm so bullish in IM Academy is because yeah, dude, the the like look, you look at universities at 18 years old, you want to receive higher education, you want to receive education that's gonna teach you skill sets, gonna allow you to profit and live a good life, right? What's your option? Oh, go to a university and spend, you know, anywhere from five to fifty to a hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, and learning outdated things that are theory from textbook. I mean, I think, yeah, there are institutions and universities that still do a great job educating their students. But I also know a lot of people, I think we're that first generation. That's like college ain't it, bro. Like the, the, the risk to reward, the amount of value, the student loans you come out with, like it's just not worth it. And college degree doesn't mean anything like the yeah. biggest the biggest companies in the world don't give a shit. Facebook, Google, Tesla, they don't care if you have a degree rather is hire someone who's smart and can present themselves and has well ideas and is has different sorts of skill sets than a, what a piece of paper says and like, that's like, it skill sets exactly right and that's what makes me so bullish i am academy is we're teaching i'm not teaching i'm not an educator one day still a gold mine but these educators are teaching skill sets like that allow you to profit off of yeah the foreign currency market off the cryptocurrency market off time-based currencies like options stocks trading e-commerce nfts and like that sort of thing, the web three opportunities, the opportunities to profit and the skill sets that you're able to build on the internet aren't going anywhere. They're only going to get bigger and being part of a company that's foundation that's been already what we're going on six years, seven years now, eight, eight, bro, eight, eight? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> eight years. Yeah. Of being in that space and educating and having the, the, like the proof is in the pudding, like the proof is in the pudding. And I've, I've been very blessed to have been a part of this company from its very early, early days, like seeing just the bare roots of it, knowing some of the most influential people in the company yeah. and personal relationships with them and seeing just how they operate as people. I wish other people could have experienced what I've experienced because if you know what I know, you see what I've seen, you would do what I do. Facts. You know? Because like, dude, it's crazy just seeing like, yeah, like I, I really look up to these people because I see even the people that have everything that don't need to share that don't need to take their time out of their day every single day to educate others, to walk them at the basics level. Cause like I've done my fair amount of education within the crypto space. And honestly, I got to the point where I'm like, dude, I hate talking about the same basic bullshit every day. <laughs> and then I think about these educators. I'm like, dude, like that's, that stuff for them is so one-on-one, so basic, but yet every single day they take the time out of their day to bring it down to a beginner level of someone like, and share that information and take the time to educate and mentor somebody like, Dude, and that's exactly why they're compensated so well. 
is because they provide that value. And like, there's no bigger value than education in the world. And I think, and I just think one, there's no bigger value than education. And two, why we're going to succeed so much is because the current education system is not doing its job. It's not adequate. It's not teaching people about digital skill sets. It's not setting people up for success point like blank. Like it's just not. So, you know, you have an education company that's actually delivering real value, teaching people really valuable skill sets like sheesh. And then the fact that you can be compensated for sharing that education with others and helping them. And also here's the thing too, is like, yeah, we're a subscription-based company. So like, dude, if you go to school for one semester, like you're not going to get the full education. You're not getting the full value. And as like, put yourself in the business owner of a school, right? The school doesn't make money from a student being there from one semester. Right. So it's like, dude, you have to realize like what this is. This is not uh, like get rich quick. This is not like, Oh, you're going to follow this guy. He's going to give you the trade and you're going to make money. It's like, no, he's going to teach you how to fish. Cause if you learn how to fish, you can eat forever. And that's the thing is that there's a lot of companies or there are emerging a lot of companies that are just like, their selling point is the fact that they can make you money quick. But if you start something for money, you will leave something for money. Yes. You know, Boom. like that, that's, that's the thing is if you, if you go and you start, uh, you know, this I am Academy or whatever other value brand is out there, you know, because you want to make more money, like, can you make more money? Yeah. But it's not about making more money. It's about making money consistently. Something about Mike told me, right. Is that you want to make money now or you want to make money forever. And that's really what like stuck to me, bro. That's the whole thing. Another thing too, like you pointed out really, really well that I think is good to cover is that like, and, and I'll give the opposing side of it and then I'll give the real side of it. A lot of people think that network marketing companies are very cultish, that they're very like, they're, they're, they're like, I remember when I was in Herbalife, you know, a lot of the Hispanic community used to say that they would, we would go to these meetings and you would get brainwashed at these meetings. That's like, they're just telling you all these things because they're trying to brainwash you. And it's like, well, I mean, what is school? You know, what is, what is the nature of going to lunch when there's a bell? What is the nature of only five minute passing periods? What is the nature of working? I mean, um, you know, being at school for the same amount of time that when you graduate school, you're at the same amount of time during work at this for the same amount of hours, you know, that's essentially long-term brainwashing. And so I would much rather be brainwashed with community, positivity, goals, ambition, good energy, dressing well, meeting new people than chaos, complaining, um, toxic environments, you know, toxic people, um, a, 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 a sense of quote unquote security, you know, like I would much rather be brainwashed with those things. And like, you know, there's a lot of times where I've had contradicting thoughts of like, well, I don't want to scream and shout. It feels weird, you know, but at the same time, it's like, if you've never, if you've been around, for example, give the example again, right? If you come from, I'm come from, you come from, we come from, there wasn't that type of energy. There wasn't that type of excitement about life. There wasn't a, a type of excitement about your future, let alone you there, there being some type of excitement with the, somebody you don't know right next to you that you met <laughs> at an event than fucking Fort Lauderdale. You know, like there isn't that type of excitement. So a lot of people think that these companies and this, these, these cultures of network marketing are very cultish because they're so driven on the fact that it's like business and building and money and compensation and serving, but they don't, but they, they think that because they've never been a part of it. They've never mm -hmm. had the exposure of like, 
dude, the reason we're friends, we're fomies, like the reason why we're family is because we we were we were part of that, you know, and we bonded on that, we connected on it, you know. The reason why I'm still around is because of the people. If this was just another company, bro, I would have been out a long time ago, bro. Same. A long time ago. Same. You know, if I wouldn't have met Mike, if I wouldn't have met Tim, bro, like I was offered to go to another company and they were like, name your price, sign on a piece of paper, bro. Bring your team, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll compensate you to come. I'm like, dude, like, no, because it's not about the money, bro. Like I could have, you know, named my price on, I'm going to somewhere else because they, they saw the value that I had, right? But it was like, dude, the, it's not just about 20. You know, it's about mm-hmm. the community. It's about the people that you meet. Like I've met some of the closest friends here in, in, in you know, inside I am. Like I'm confident that I am long-term is going to be a stable rock for people to come and learn about themselves, about money and about the world, bro. Like, Thanks. because it's what's been provided to me and anybody that comes in, I am, you first you come here to make money, but then you realize like, Yo, money, you know, and I'll refer back to the point Hill. Money is just seashells and paper, you know, like seashells and pieces of paper, scraps of paper. Like when you, when you got to go beyond that, you understand. Then we go back to our conversation, right? You understand financial institutions and you understand the education system. Then you start understanding like people and nature. You start understanding psychology, bro. I have learned more about myself over the last four years being an I am than I ever have in my 28 years of life, bro. That's because of being in I am Academy. I'm I full heartedly know that it's because of the company. Because if it wasn't for the company, I wouldn't have met Mike. If I wouldn't have met Mike, I wouldn't have learned about my money. I never would have got over my ambition of just getting rich and just wanting money. I would have been, you know, stuck to the love of money for the rest of my life. I've never would have grown as a person. I never would have met you. You know, I never would have met cryptos and stuff like that. I never would have realized, like, never would have had my spiritual awakening. Never probably would have never tripped on acid, you know, like it, <laughs> it was like it was because of the company that I've had all of these experiences. And I think that's why I'm so pa- why we're so passionate is because it's been a significant like ripple effect on life that right. just like keeps you going. And I could, and here's, it's important is that people under, people don't understand is that we don't need people to make money. We don't need you to join our business for our business to grow. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's the biggest Mm -hmm. misconception now is that like people think that we're just going out here and recruiting everybody. And Mike says this all the time. Yes. A hundred percent. We're trying to recruit you because like the NFL is only going to recruit the best players right now. The NBA finals are on right now. They put effort they pay people hundreds of thousands of dollars to go scout the best players Mm -hmm. you know like it's exactly the same business model you're just so brainwashed by society and and the 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 one linear path you know but so many good points there man so many good points i want to touch on them all but i don't think i possibly can (laughs) because yeah the fact that just yeah being excited you know i'm also i sometimes i'm a critic of the hype because i've realized sometimes hype is used to disguise illegitimacy yeah that's not the case here it's like dude the there's a difference between hype and energy though right right but like the point that you made though is like the fact that anybody questions these products and these educational services is like dude, (laughs) you want to see Mike's accounts? You want to see like, dude, it's real. Right. But the fact that people are actually genuinely excited about their life and their future and they're screaming, like I like you said, the only thing I've ever seen people in my life, my family ever scream about is this fucking sports game. Yeah. 
And so it's like, dude, someone's just screaming about their future, about the fact that they're excited about this opportunity, about this platform, excited about the potential of learning how to trade in the foreign exchange markets or whatever it may be. Dude, that's just, it's just everything. And like you said, the company, I think you use the word a company a lot. And I just kept saying in my head, the people, because that's what the company is. And that's what companies are made of, or they're made of people and the people here and what they've done for me in terms of expanding my mindset, expanding my experience, expanding everything about me and how much value they pumped into me how much value I've gained out of it. What these people have done for me, man, it's like, I'm forever eternally grateful. Like, you know, it's like, I think a lot of us can relate to the fact that, you know, there's not a lot of good leaders and mentors out there in most parts of life. You know, you got some of us get the shitty hand, bro. And it's like, you don't really have people to look up to. You don't have people to follow. So you just do what you can do. And you kind of develop that survivor's mindset. I'm just like, no one's going to get me, bro. No one's going to get after me. Like, I'm just going to put my head down and just like make it work for myself. But then you find like actually a collaborative community, people really actually helping you actually get good leaders, good people to follow. You have good guidance, you know, and sometimes like, like I've, I've had that knee jerk reaction of like, well, what the fuck, what's wrong with this? Like something's (laughs) gotta be wrong. And it's like, no dude, like if you genuinely, like you had, that was my paradigm shift. And I still struggle with this to this day, you know, like with, with mental health, you know, sometimes you get in that negative funk, that native state of mind, and you look at the world as it's out to get you. Right. And I, I get it. I come from that, dude. And a lot of times, yeah, there are bad things happening and people are out to get you in certain instances. But if you want to prosper and live abundantly and live full of life and live, live life full of love, live life full of joy, have an abundant, wealthy mindset, you have to flip that paradigm one day and realize that there are people out there actually willing to help, wanting to help. There are communities that actually empower people, that there is no back door that they're getting you. Like you can either look at the world and the rest of your life is I got to protect myself because someone's out here to get me. Or you can actually accept the fact that there are people out there generally doing good things for the world. And you can find that community and be a part of it, whether it's with I am, whether it's another company, we're not the only solution, but there are good people out there doing good things. And it's sad to see that so many people can't believe that. And I think that's a big belief that limits a lot of people, even really close to me from like being a part of this is like, they're just they have that like i need to protect myself mentality and it's like yeah it's it's just sad to see i don't know yeah it's it's a big it's a big like it's a big theory man that people have about all this stuff and no we can talk about this for fucking days forever years you know but people have to experience it you know people have Mm -hmm. to have an emotional attachment behind it bro like I, you know, I'll give you a real life example, bro. Anybody that went to that trip in Puerto Rico that we had in 2020 and they're not here anymore. I, I don't know what, I don't know. I don't know what happened, you know, because like, if you went to that trip, bro, like, and you didn't see the lot, like, you know, Kevin the Trudeau. Love. Yeah, dude, you didn't feel it. Like Kevin Trudeau talks about like, and then the first couple of um, chapters of uh, your wishes, your command, you know, it's like, that's an undisclosed location like it's it's parts it's like a million dollar seat dude and that's what it was bro it was an undisclosed location and it was a million dollar seat it didn't cost us a million dollars actually it was free you know but the the value that was provided in the long-term vision bro and only a handful of people are here because they just like they didn't see it and so you really have to feel it you really have to see it and you really have to be aligned with it and it's not for everybody you know, which is cool, which is totally fine. But I think if you have goals and ambitions and you don't want to just work for the rest of your life and you don't want to drive a Camry, you know, like then, then this is 
one of the best, if not the best vehicle. I always hear people talk about, you know, Grant Cardone and, and Warren Buffett and, um, you know, um, other, you know, greats like talk about the fact that if they were had to restart, they would restart with their marketing. Yeah. You know, so it's cool, man. It's cool to see. And it's cool to experience. And I'm super grateful that we're part of the journey, bro. And I'm like, I, I know for a fact that one day, like, this is just going to be part of the story, bro. Part of the chapter. Absolutely, man. You know? I mean, to the last, my final thoughts on that too, is like, you know, some people lose sometimes, like I lost my way a little bit with this. No lie, you know, sometimes you get off the track a little bit, you get off the path, but you know, I found it and I found the people that love me the most and have given me the most and that like I vibrate with and just resonate with as people and with values are here, yeah. are here in this, you know? And so I'm rooted. Sometimes I might go off the path a little bit and get out there, but I always come back to home because this is home for me. This made me as a, as a human being, as a person, as a leader, the person I am today. I owe it all to this, you know, truly facts, bro. Facts. Me too, bro. Shit, man. This was a good conversation. Totally. on plan. Totally unscripted. <laughs> As always. <laughs> no notes. Absolutely. No, nothing planned. Just, just some basic bullet points, but bro, I'm so grateful for you, bro. I think that that's, um, you know, kind of wrap this whole conversation up, bro. Like if it weren't for, I am, if it weren't for like cryptos and any of that like I, I wouldn't have this relationship that we're building you know in this bond as, as friendships bro as brothers that we're having bro so i appreciate you bro appreciate everybody listening to and tuning in man i've gotten a lot of really good feedback from people just so unexpected too that like yo i listened to this with jordan and you guys went off i was like dude that's awesome man like shout out Love to everybody man. shout out to everybody listening shout out to everybody watching on youtube listening on spotify you guys have topics questions comments concerns you guys want to be on the platform like just hit us up for sure. Yeah, I want to send that love out to you, Mondo. Love you, bro. As a brother, as a friend, family for life. Definitely be at my wedding, standing right next to me, bro. And shout out to all the I Am family still rocking with us. Love you guys and appreciate you guys' support, for real. Facts, facts, facts. All right, you guys, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Happy Friday to everybody listening to this on Friday. And we'll catch you guys on another episode. Peace.